Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome in to Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Here so far with Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo will also be joined, and we are now by Brady Hawk. This is the new thing that we're doing here on the uh, on the channel. Also, these will be going to the podcast channel. For some reason, I'm getting a ton of feedback, but I guess that's to be expected here. So I'm not exactly sure what that's about. But if everybody hits mute, we'll kind of figure it out from there. All right. Miami Heat win in Portland tonight, which makes me wrong because I said in the pregame show that I thought they would struggle tonight. They did for a little while. And then they kind of blew the thing out with their defense. They, their defense got them out into transition. And essentially, uh, they took off. Uh, but also, Damian Lillard out for the game. That certainly helped. Portland wasn't going to mount much of a comeback after that. But they held Anthony Simons in check, which is not something they've done consistently. But what I'm going to focus on today quite a bit, and these episodes are going to be a little bit different. We're going to take your comments here. We'll try to get to them during the course of the show. Manny Chang, our producer, is going to throw them up here. Super chat. We will get to those first. Uh, we always promise that we do that. And we got a new segment today called the ODM Performance Solution of the Game. So there's one thing I'm going to stick in my back pocket here, and we'll get to it later on. Uh, and Brady and Alex are going to help me out with that. But I want to start here tonight, Greg. First thing, uh, critical win for them, I thought, because you're starting a road trip that includes Golden State. We know also that they struggle with Sacramento at times. So this thing could have gotten ugly pretty quickly. Uh, last game against Toronto, you know, they don't crack 95 points. Tonight, they obviously do. They get into triple digits. But to me, this was really about three guys, okay? And we'll talk about some of the others as we go. But to me, this was about, you know, the three sort of two-way guys on this team that have emerged as major contributors. Uh, Max Drew saved them in the first half. He came off the bench, and he gave them offense, which they need. They need somebody to give them offense because we have no idea when Victor Oladipo is ever going to play, okay? We just got to be honest about it. We don't know. I don't feel like they know. So that's the first thing here. Okay, the second thing is that uh, Gabe Vincent, I thought, after Kyle Lowry didn't really get into the game early, he played much better as the game went on, uh, Gabe Vincent uh, gave them energy at the point guard position. And Caleb Martin throughout was tremendous. And, and I think one of the things here that's getting a little bit confused with Heat fans is that Heat fans want a starting four so badly because they feel like they need one to match up with these other teams. But when Caleb Martin has played, he has not been the problem uh, no. in this starting line. And this group has played well with him. But those three guys to me tonight, Struess, Martin, Vincent, uh, to me, they catalyze this win. Let's start with Caleb Martin because I feel like he should get the game ball uh, for as well as he played on both ends. Um, I love that something that had been um, – and they actually mentioned it during the broadcast how teams were um, – deliberately trying to run on Miami because they do not want their half court defense getting set. I thought that it was a really smart move um, for Miami to kind of flip the game on its ear and press up. It slowed the more athletic Portland team at times. 
Um, and Caleb Martin is a big part of that. I, I thought that he played, uh, he outplayed Jeremy Grant, who makes a lot more money and gets traded for a lot more picks. Uh, and so I felt like that was a huge thing. And you're right, Max Strew saved them. Like that is a was a crucial moment where they felt stagnant early, and Max Strews came in and gave them a huge boost. Uh, would be remiss if I didn't say thank you, Kyle Lowry, for shutting me up. I'm going to be quiet for another day or so uh, because he definitely came to play. And they got back to their identity of responding to adversity, playing defense. These are the types of things that they did last year. They kept shutting us up, and every t- every time we doubted them, this was one of those first moments. And they've they got you know they they made it through. We'll see tomorrow night against Golden State. At least the starters are rested, but that's a much tougher challenge. Brady tonight, uh, Jimmy Butler did not put up monster numbers. Uh, it felt to me like he was cruising at times during this game. This felt like a regular season Jimmy game um, in, in a lot of ways. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't dominant. Obviously, on the defensive end, he did some some good things, uh, particularly in the passing lanes. Bam put up numbers, but they were late. Uh, he he was not impactful offensively early in this game. He had three fouls. And Kyle took some time to get into the game. I, Tyler had a, a rough start. He was 0-4 and then picked it up, played well after that. Uh, but, but really again, I, to me, it was about the others tonight. And I know we're going to get into the one change that was made because I want to get into that when we do the, our performance solution, uh, segment here, but I, I feel like they're going to need that this year a lot from, from these guys. Cause I, sometimes I feel like the, the core veteran group sleepwalks a little bit, uh, during regular season games. Yeah. I think more than anything, they just need the role players that are playing offensively to actually like move. Uh, because it feels like when the offense is like terrible, it's because it's just stagnant and guys are waiting for the, the main guys to do their thing. Uh, but what you saw was that uh, once Caleb is starting to attack the basket, Max starts hitting some threes early, it creates some gravity. Now he's getting into the lane a little bit. Then you have Gabe getting into his pull-up and kind of probing around uh, as a handler. So it just throws things off, I guess, in that way. But uh, it's actually funny because I just looked over at the box score and you said something about Bam getting numbers late. He ended up being their leading scorer tonight, which did not, which is crazy to me because I could name like five better players that I thought stood out. Uh, but I think... You mentioned Jimmy coasting. Like, there's been a lot of games where I'll say I thought Jimmy coasted. I actually thought he was a little bit more engaged tonight than usual. Like, I thought it was a little bit more than coasting just because uh, he was at the level you mentioned defensively where I still can't believe the stuff he's able to do in terms of his timing, uh, just his feel for when to make those off-ball doubles. Like, that stuff is just, like, a talent that he just has. Like, you either have it or you don't. He has it. Like, the ability to just time it perfectly and ends up getting those transition buckets. But – uh, I, there was a point in the third quarter where they just basically spammed Jimmy like mid to low post play. Uh, he ends up getting the like a foul. The next play, he does it again. He gets a bucket uh, in the middle. Then the next play, because they can't have Jimmy Butler back him down again, they send Nurkic at him, and he actually passes to Bam, which is a f- cool thing to see, I think, from a, a Heat perspective, is Jimmy passing to your second-best player, uh, and Bam got a dunk out of it. Uh, there's just so many ways to build off of that. When you're working things through Jimmy, and it's like, not like solely centered into one thing. Like that's when things work. And that's where to kind of loop this back together. It's like when the role players come into play, because when they're moving in that way, everything kind of comes together. So uh, this was one of those games where it was just like a lot of guys uh, because they needed it. Like they needed to find their identity on both ends. And I don't think there's a more of an identity offensively between a lopsided play between if they're moving, they're prob- their offense is probably going to look good if they're hitting shots or not. 
if they're not moving, if they're hitting shots, the process is not there and they're probably not going to win games. Alex, I, I don't want to hit on the rookie yet because I, I want to save that for after the break. So we'll get into that. I know a lot of the comments are coming in about him. Uh, but I just want to get into this defense and offense thing because as, as if you've kind of broken down the numbers of how they've struggled in the half court offensively, I mean, they really didn't have to play in the half court a whole lot during the stretch that they blew the game open. Like, I, I don't think that they've necessarily fixed any of that stuff. I just think that they did enough defensively tonight that they were able to work around it. 100%. And that's really what it comes down to. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of that now post game as far as the way that they got out and transitioned and played off of their defense first, which is what we're used to seeing them do. Um, the heat, as far as an organization, is what they always do. And this whole, you know, lean offense thing we've been talking about all, all offseason, it doesn't work without the heat being good on defense. And that was kind of the whole premise of it, right? It's like we expect them, even if there, you know, there is going to be a little bit of a drop off from not having PJ Tucker anymore. Um, we expected them to be very good on defense and it's been very up and down. Like they came into uh, tonight's game, I think 18th or 19th in defensive rating. And that's unacceptable. <laughs> like they cannot be in that range if they want to be, you know, if they want to compete with the other teams in the East, like it's just not going to happen. The NBA is too deep. The East is too deep at this point. And so I think getting that polished and, and cleaned up first and foremost is really important for tonight. It was really, really impressive. They did an amazing job getting out in transition tonight, which has not really been the case at all. Like coming into tonight, they were 26 in transition offensive rating and 18th in transition defensive rating, just not really getting it done on either side of the floor. And um, they really turned that around tonight. Like Caleb was a huge part of that for sure. But Jimmy did his thing. You know, guys were getting steals. And once that momentum started piling up, it just kept going. And it really started early on in that second quarter there when you felt the momentum turning. And um, that second and third quarter really just blew the game open for the Heat because the Blazers were never really able to regain momentum. And then Leather came out of the game and it was over. But I just thought it was an outstanding defensive effort. You know, it was also a pretty damn good offensive game. Like their their offensive rating tonight was good. Nothing crazy, but they were able to end up with a, um, a better half-court offensive rating than the Blazers as well. Like it was just a very good all-around game. Guys hit their threes. They out-rebounded the Blazers. They ended up with fewer turnovers than the Blazers after getting off to a bad start there. So they just really cleaned up everything as the game went along. And this is – obviously, it's only their second win, but this has been their best, I think, two-way game so far this season. All right. We're going to get to a new segment now. And this is going to be something that we do on every single post-game show for the next few months, okay? So uh, you guys will get accustomed to this, and we're going to take your suggestions for it as well. Today, I'm just going to make the suggestion and we're going to go off on it. But basically, this is sponsored by our friends at ODM Performance Solutions. ODM Performance Solutions, you can find their website at odmpsi.com. That's odmpsi.com. If you're looking to fill an important role at your company, ODM PSI can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. So they can do all of your, their, your consulting for you. They can help you build a winning team and keep it together to find out more check out this website that manny's scrolling through here odmpsi.com that's odmpsi.com and what they are sponsoring with us is the performance solution of the game so i think for a lot of heat fans there's a direct correlation here between someone getting taken out of the game and somebody getting put into the game and the run that the heat went on so brady i'll go to you on this because we obviously know that dwayne Dedman. Has struggled. There's no question about that. People are asking why he's playing 
Well, he's playing in part because Yurt is hurt, and that was somebody we thought might get in the rotation. He's on the team largely because they needed to that contract for a possible trade, but that can't happen until January. So they're kind of caught in between playing a guy who's just not playing at the level that he was playing at during the first few months that he came to Miami. Spolster inserts Nikola Jokic tonight. Deadman does not get more run. They put Jokic in the game. The Heat go on a run. This is not going to change the narratives on Heat Twitter. So I will just ask you, is this a performance solution that can stick? It, well, Nikola Jokic is always going to be a performance solution. Like if you plugged him into this team. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. How many times is that? You did I don't it know. twice right there, and it was perfect. How many that times be- have I done that so far? It's got to it's gotta be at least once every time I talk about him, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Jovic was great, and Brady's going to yeah. tell you more about how. Well, how was yeah. Jokic tonight? Denver played the <laughs> Lakers, right? They're up 10. Yeah, you were, you, were watching, you were watching the wrong game. But Nikola Jovic tonight, uh, seriously, like the way – coming into this game, like I felt like – I said it before the game on the pregame show that if there was a game to play Nikola Jovic – it was this one. Like, it's for one, their backup five was essentially Justice Winslow. I know they played a couple different lineups, but Winslow could be their backup five. Uh, they could play smaller. You're seeing Deadman just play, have very poor play in general as of late. Uh, when you look at the two pull up threats on Portland, you're basically a- asking to lose this game if you put Deadman out there for long stretches and just absolutely kill you in that drop where he cannot contain that. So it's like, what is the counter to that? anything else like that's pretty much what the the answer was and Nikola Jovic uh it was just cool to see I guess get a look at him um because like let's be honest like he wasn't like an absolute beast out there defensively like they were going right at him he didn't really know the scheme like all the way through like because it he didn't know if it was drop or switching like a lot of the time where it it, nobody could really communicate there and that kind of led into the four fouls in the first half but I still felt comfortable uh, the reason I felt comfortable is because, one, for getting the X's and O's, I said it before the game as well, that change sometimes could be with the roster, and change within the roster creates an energy. Like, it's an energy shift. Like, when all of a sudden there's this new guy in the lineup, you never had this lineup play, all of a sudden things change, and then uh, we saw a run created. But in terms of the offensive side of the ball, uh, he had the one tip in. I wouldn't say he was super active offensively because, once again, he's just trying to get his feet wet a little bit. But the one major difference to me, Jimmy Butler playing with four spacers. Like, that was the lineup. Like, they went to a lineup with uh, that we haven't seen in a very long time with Jimmy Butler. It's either Dwayne Dedman uh, or Bam Adebayo in there. Uh, and you basically have – I was even – I was noticing this early in the game. Every time he would drive, he's just getting hacked because there's two people on him every time he drives to the basket because that's the way it is. Dwayne Dedman's going to be on the weak side box. That guy's going to come over, and he has two people kind of contesting him at the rim. Once Jovic came into the game and they, the lineup was uh, Lowry, Hero, Struess, Jimmy, Jovic, his drives were a lot clearer. Like they just looked, so it's one-on-one. Like the thing he does every day at practice and the, the jokes they make about one-on-ones, like he was actually getting to do it because he usually going one-on-two with the, the kind of amount of weak side help he sees. So uh, I like the Jovic minutes. Like I don't think he was great and it still worked. So that's the the beauty of it, I feel like. Like, uh, there's going to be teams, I guess, where they're going to lack size, but it doesn't matter. Like with what they have right now, as the roster currently constructed, Nikola Jovic is the best option right now. And it was, uh, I was personally interested because they went to it, but I was personally interested to see what they did in the second half because part of me was like, 
they'll just go back to what they did before and they'll throw Deadman back in the mix and they'll throw him in here, throw him in here and there. They fully went back to it. So I respect the decision. I felt like this was a game to kind of get a trial run. And uh, now they play another team next in the Golden State Warriors who you can evolve with this even more so. So, uh, you know, it didn't take long game five and I'm interested to see what else they could build from it, especially when they start utilizing him in certain sets. Yeah, Alex, that was going to be my next point, is that they can do this in the next game. Uh, they, they can definitely do this against Golden State. In fact, I'm going to say it again. Jovic is the kind of player who actually could play on that Warriors roster with kind of their movement and all that stuff. So there's, there's a little bit of a, a mirror image here. But I, that's the big thing Brady's talking about, and I think that has been one of the issues. We've talked a lot about, you know, defensively, you can't play this many uh, poor defenders at a time, right? You also can't play this many non-spacers with, you know, with Jimmy. I, I, I just think you get to a certain point where, again, the lane is clogged. Everything becomes harder for him. That's when he starts to go ISO. That's when they get stagnant. And he, this is a guy who's just going to make the game easier. I, I kind of feel, to a certain extent, knowing how Spolster operates, that he was kind of waiting for Deadman to play his way totally out. Like th- there's a certain respect for what Dwayne gave them when he came to the team. And it was kind of like, okay, we're going to give this a shot. And I-, I would be surprised if he goes back to him now for a while. I know Yurt's not on this trip, but I think Jovic gets the rest of this trip. And I think when they come back, Yurt gets thrown into this mix. And I don't know that we're going to see a whole lot of Dwayne Dedman. Yep. Another reason why tonight was so important, right? Like I just think now you're slowly seeing, the rotation changed a little bit, right? And look, Spoke could just come back out next game and play Deadman all of the back of five minutes. But I would be surprised because I think the Warriors are going to be another really tough matchup, specifically, you know, if Steph Curry is ever on the floor at the same time as Dwayne Deadman potentially could be. But seriously, I think Jovic getting here and getting his feet wet um, was really good to see. And I completely back everything Brady was saying there. I just think, like, even though – uh, and I said this on the on our off the floor feed, which everybody should check out, of course, on window. Um, he's really active, man. Like even though he was a little bit kind of a, a step slow as far, not necessarily like lateral quickness, just uh, as far as keeping up with the game speed and trying to figure out where to be. You could tell he's trying. He's trying to do the right thing. He, he has his you know hands all over the place. He's moving all over the place. Like he's definitely a lot more active defensively. The Deadman is. There's no question about it. Just because. Deadman can barely move at this point and look like Spo, like you said, uh, Ethan has a respect for Deadman. And I think understandably so came into this game. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, into this season with that spot as his, just cause he's, it's kind of, he's earned it. Even though, you know, he uh, trailed off during the end of the, the playoffs last year. I just think now it's like, it's becoming apparent. He's kind of cooked. And I, I don't like saying that about guys. Cause I think Deadman is really cool. You know, it was a really good time talking to him on media day. I thought he was solid as hell since he's been here, you know, but it's he just has not been good whatsoever. You know, he had a decent Chicago game, uh, game one. But after that, it's it's been it's it's he's fallen off a cliff. And so Jovic in there getting another guy who can space the floor and having a, a shooting big man. It's just it was cool to see because we haven't seen it in a long time, man. It's been a long time at this point. And it reminded me sort of of the dynamic they had with Kelly. So. I want to see Jovic get some more playing time. It will be cool to see him play tomorrow because then it kind of feels like he is solidified um, in the rotation, as you know, at least until Omer is cleared again. Because for all we know, Jovic could just uh, cross right over Omer in that ladder with with this whole stretch. It could just be an untimely thing for him. But 
Omer does not offer the same amount of space that I think Jovic does to the Heat's best players. I don't think guys are really respecting um, Omer's shot if, you know, if he was out there trying to play the same role that Jovic is. And Jovic is just a lot more natural at it, man. Like, I just think you have to develop that first-round pick. And at this point, the guys you have in place are not playing good, and you need people to step up in that position. Jovic is not somebody who we expected to play much this season, but it's we're kind of already at that point. But I think that Eric Spolster expected him to play because I think that's why you saw him in that preseason game playing with with the starters. And I think this is another situation where Eric was kind of waiting for things to play out. Like I like I feel like he's had this itch to play Jovic, but again, Deadman had to be given this opportunity. Yurt got hurt. That was clunky to begin with. And now I think that this is, okay, now we're going to take a look at this. And, you know, the reality is it makes sense to get him a look as early in the season as possible because you you want him to be ready when you go on later. I do want to mention one other thing, and then after the break, uh, we'll close with some other stuff. We appreciate the Super Chat comments that come in. We will always read those. Manny will put those back up. Actually, we'll get this one right before the break. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, uh, I got one more thing I want to address with the guys here. This is from Sal Soprano. I wish we had Caleb in that last Raptors game. We missed his energy, but it feels so good to get this win. Very encouraging performance. He matters. There's no question about it. I mean, we can talk about what his role should be on this team, but he makes an impact wherever they put him. I, and I was just going through again, it's, it's, you know, single game sample size, but you look at, at the plus minus numbers from tonight. I mean, it basically, the eye test told you, okay. Uh, Max Struess was a plus 24 in 28 minutes. Caleb Martin was a plus 19 in 29 minutes. And a lot of those were, were in more important times. I'll actually say this bam, who I know with the on off numbers have been staggering in terms of when he's on and off the floor. A lot of his raw numbers were late. He ended up with 18, eight and three tonight. He was a plus 17. Uh, and, but one guy we were going to talk to after the, we're going to talk about Kyle Lowry a little bit after the break, because we, we have addressed him so much that we need to actually address uh, when he gives them something and what he gave them tonight. We do want to tell you about one more sponsor here. Of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's our friend Lynette over at A Aggressive Insurance. You're familiar with Lynette right now because she comments here and she may actually be here at the moment. She was on pregame earlier today. 954 581 8800. You got to reach out to A Aggressive Insurance, especially like, well, they have life insurance, condo insurance, homeowners insurance, but also uh, if you have a bad driving record, I can tell you, and it's not my driving record, I can tell you, but. I, I reached out to her for someone and I never thought that this person would be able to get car insurance and Lynette found it. So trust me, she knows what she's doing. Okay. So go to insurance by Lynette. That's two N's, two T's insurance by Lynette.com represents the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. Again, bad driving record. No problem. No driver refuse. And Lynette is a huge Miami heat fan as well. We, we always appreciate when you support our sponsors. So reach out at insurance by Lynette.com. This comes in from Jason. Uh, a super chat, knowing how much easier the game is when Jimmy plays with a stretch five. Should we encourage our bigs to shoot more? Bam. I feel like this is a, a broken record conversation we have here. And why does Spo have the you know, uh, rolling? That's not his game. Let him pick and pop. Uh, Brady, I'll go to you real quick on that, and then I'll get to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I feel like ideally that's what you'd want. Like I've been saying before, like he's never been a roller like in his life. Like he's playing overseas, and he was – the ball handler in these sets, he wasn't even popping. He was just literally had the ball in his hand. So uh, it's just not really his, his ordinary, I guess. So I think ideally that is what they're going to want to do. But the, the next step is how does he look uh, off a quick catch and a quick pull when there's, you know, NBA level defense flying out of him. So there's like these next steps that'll have to take and this stuff we'll figure out over time. But like we were saying, like it's still the best option right now. Um, 
the first part of that about the band thing like ideally that's what you would want like you want band being a pick and pop threat like obviously uh but i just don't know if that's like quick you're gonna not gonna throw them into the fire right now like that's not something i don't think they're experimenting with it's just gonna happen over time if it ever happens so uh but the overage thing i like like i said before like the stretch five thing ideally if he's able to stretch the floor in that way it just does so much more for jimmy specifically which who would we have thought that we'd be talking about this rookie five games in helping jimmy like that's that's crazy to me all right let's get to kyle lowry guys because we have been hard on him we just did an entire episode on him i think we we challenged some of the things that he said about having the ball in his hands more often because the ball has been in his hands a ton he still was playing hot potato grenade with it today at times which i'm, I'm watching it now because i'm noticing the touches that he doesn't really look to do much but he got a lot better as the game went on. And we talk about our sponsor prize picks. Use that code five. He was a 12 and a half tonight. And that number looked big to me. <laughs> uh, he ended up scoring 17. He had six assists. Uh, he also um, just, just looking at it overall at five of eight from the field, five of seven from three. And, and he was stepping into it tonight. He also had a steal. He had a block. Uh, he did have three turnovers playing the turnovers with him late, lately has been a pretty good play on prize picks. But again, uh, 17 points, six assists in 26 minutes. So, Greg, I, I mean, look, I, there, there's a standard here, right? And because one standard is Kyle Lowry's career and his contract. And the other standard is the way he's played for like the last 15 to 20 times he's suited up for the Heat, including. We'll the take this. This is great. This is perfect. You'll just take it, right? You're 17 yeah. and six, 26 yeah. minutes. Five of seven from three, shooting efficiently, actually shooting. I think these are all things that we like. And then, like, just think of it this way. If you put Gabe Vincent's stats with his stats, you basically have an all-star point guard between the two of them. Um, I think that just seeing Kyle be aggressive um, and take those shots, and, and you said he was stepping into them, there's something to that where you see him actually – like gearing up to take those shots. And there's other ones where it's a lot more arms than it is legs. And I, there's probably way smarter folks than I that can explain how that all goes down. But for me, when I'm seeing him step into those shots and he's got his legs underneath him, um, it, it, he played well. This is the Kyle Lowry they need. They, they're not in a position where they can play with Kyle Lowry getting them nine points and three assists. Like they, they need him to step up particularly in this moment as Tyler's kind of finished figuring out his role in the starting lineup. So I'm super encouraged by this. He's got another big matchup because I'm sure he'll see some of, uh, of Steph tomorrow night. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was, this was super positive and I've been hard on Kyle. I still am like wanting to see it consistently, but so far we've had three of these now. So we're getting towards consistency. Alex, uh, let's close with you here. And again, the Heat win tonight in Portland. They blow this thing out uh, pretty much in the third quarter. And look, Jimmy, Kyle, uh, Bam had representative numbers. We've talked about some of the role guys. Uh, we've talked about uh, Jovic as well. But I, I just want to get into the overall sort of psyche of this team right now because you, you come, we, we know what's happening in Philadelphia. Uh, it hasn't gone very well to start. Milwaukee looks great at the beginning of the season. Uh, for sure. I mean, that's, I mean, Giannis is rolling again, but, but I, I felt like the season could kind of get away a little bit on this road trip. I talked about it on pregame that, you know, in some ways there's some heat fans that may look at it as a positive because it's going to force the front office 
to do something. I don't right. I don't know that necessarily this win changes that in the long term perspective, but I think it shows a little bit more of what they can be, which this is this is what they envisioned was we're going to be quicker. We're going to get out. We're going to play with more pace. We're going to create offense that way. Um, we're going to be a little bit more diverse. And then, you know, again, leaning into a guy like Jovic is not the type of player that this organization would have typically leaned into. So there were signs tonight, but if they get smacked down against Golden State, which has been up and down so far this year, everybody's kind of back to square one. Yep. And I think tonight, again, I've already said it, this which is huge because you needed to see some of these things come together. I think that they would have lost tonight and gone on to a one-four start, having to go into a back-to-back on the road versus Golden State. It just would have been a lot. I feel this win is probably a little bit, you know, just good for their confidence and general team morale. Not that I'm going to – not that I know what's going on in these guys' heads. It just feels like, you know, all they've done so far through five games is play good teams, play teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And, I, you know, Chicago, we can quibble about that one. That was – it wasn't a good loss, especially – um, with the Bulls missing Zach Levine. It was not a good loss whatsoever. But just in general, they've done a – I think, like, they've had a schedule where they're just playing good competition. And so it's been a little bit up and down. It's been a roller coaster. But it's good to see them now, I think, trending in the right direction. I think slowly but surely, like you said before, they're going to phase certain players out of the rotation. I don't want to just keep trashing certain guys. But I think we all know who – the problems have been so far individually and it's not just on them. Cause I don't want to make it just sound like that. There's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot going on and, you know, Caleb missing that second Raptors game was probably an underrated part of that loss. Just with all that size that they offer missing Caleb was huge. Um, Lowry was great to see. It was really great to see him hit all these shots, man. And I think that's really what it comes down to with him. Cause, and, and what you're talking about, Ethan, with him being, you know, um, somebody who moves off the ball quick, that was already his role last season, but now I, it's I, I do think you know like we talked about last night his role has definitely changed, and I like it, I like it. I think tonight you saw the way that it can work out, and so far it's only been in theory until tonight. Tonight it's like okay, you see the real benefits of Tyler and Kyle playing off of each other, and you saw that they can play well together, and a lot of it has to do with shot making, which can just be, you know, a little bit. Um, simplified, oversimplified for you know what happens in these games, but it's like. Kyle is an off-the-catch player now. I, I don't want him dominating the ball. And even though he's still going to have the ball plenty in his hands, like Brady was talking about earlier, it's all based on movement. If the Heat are not moving and, and constantly trying to create advantages and things get stagnant, it's not going to look good for anybody, especially not Kyle. And I just think him playing off the catch, whether it's as a shooter or trying to um, get to the rim, which he's done a pretty good job of so far this season. Not, not tonight. That wasn't his game tonight. But just in general, I think his game is more suited to um, complimenting the other guys playing off the catch. And I just want to see the pick and roll numbers go up. Like Brady talked about last show, it, it hasn't been good because that's the one place you really need him to be good on ball. Other than that, um, I really love what I'm seeing from him off ball and his general process. You know, defensively, he's been pretty good because I thought he was awful defensively in the preseason. We've seen him cruise. And so it's good to see that he he's not necessarily real slow out there. And so I just think things are headed towards the right direction right now. Like once they hit shots, they just look better, man. And it's, you know, I think it starts with their defense. Once their defense is good, I feel better about where their offense is going to end up. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? And and I, you know, I, I hate drawing comparisons to previous Heat players because then everybody's like, well, this guy's not like this guy or whatever. But when you talk about a backcourt coming together, okay, the Hero Lowry backcourt is more complicated 
than Lowry Robinson backcourt or the Lowry Struess backcourt because, again, the ball is going to be in Tyler's hands a lot, and he's expected to score and make plays, whereas Struess and Robinson were expected to run around and be the recipient of plays almost all of the time or use their actions to create openings for other people. And it reminds me a little bit of when Dwayne and Goran got together because, you know, at that point, okay, Dwayne was a declining player to a certain degree. Okay. He picked it up that, that first season. Okay. He changed his training routine. We know he kind of had a resurgence towards the end of his career, but he looked a little cooked. Okay. in 14 because of the knee 14 into 15 Goran comes and then you got to put two guys together. One with enormous pedigree, which Lowry and Dwayne. Okay. Lowry is not at Dwayne's level, but he is a likely hall of famer. Okay. With the championship, and you got another guy in Dragic's case. He was older than than Hero. He was coming off third team All NBA, but he wasn't Dwayne. And there was a certain deference that went on there with Goran towards Dwayne that really took a long time to go away. And it really, if you think about their first couple of years together, it was clunky. It was clunky. Like, and it ended up we talked a lot about it. It was a lot about Goran standing in the corner and waiting for Dwayne to operate. Now that's not what Lowry's doing to Tyler. It's actually the opposite. They're putting the ball in Tyler's hands more often. And Kyle's the guy who's got to kind of figure it out, but it's not going to happen overnight. Okay. We've talked about who needs to sacrifice more. And I think we all agree that Kyle has to sacrifice more because he's the veteran and Tyler needs to ascend, but there's a fine line between sacrificing and being passive and inert and sort of useless. Okay. And that's what Kyle has looked like too often this season. Today, they got it a little bit more right. I do think that's encouraging. Tyler didn't have a big game, but he had moments. He was able to work his way into the game. He probably would have scored more in different circumstances tonight. Uh, He he did some good things, I thought, defensively. Off the ball, he continues to improve. I mean, he's still going for blocks, okay? Uh, So he's, he's getting better on that end. But I think that's something to watch. I was thinking about that today. We always assume you throw these guys together, and we saw Chauncey Billups on the other side, right? He had no career in this league. He was a top five draft pick who was bouncing around from team to team. And he went to Detroit and he just clicked with Rip Hamilton. Like that's what happened. Okay. He had a good Lowry comp when you think about it and the way he, he blew up in in, uh, Toronto. He bounced around around. for him. It was Detroit game and they, and, but, but he basically was able to, you know, kind of figure it out because he found someone he clicked with. Not all backcourt mates click. It's just, it's just that simple. Okay. It's, it's challenging. I mean, Dwayne Chick clicked with Mario Chalmers in a way he didn't click with other point guards because of the way that Mario played off of him, okay, and knew how to defer to him, knew how to get off the ball. Mario was very underrated in terms of his basketball IQ for that kind of stuff as much as he got screwed. And all Rip Hamilton did was off How about Jay Will and Dwayne, Ethan? I think that that was another one that it took a little bit of time for him to It took some time, and Jay Will deferred to him completely, okay, and it was like – and then he had the breakout game against Detroit in the the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, where has that been? Because Jay Will and Sacramento had disappeared for so long. This is going to take a little bit of time. I think maybe we sort of – we thought they'd fast-track it more just because of Kyle's experience and intelligence with this. But it's not easy. And you're trying to do that at the same time as you're trying to get Bam to be more aggressive, right? And Jimmy's going to do what he does. But that's the other thing because there are times that you're just working out the backcourt and Bam's just not going to get those touches. So, again, I'm not making excuses for them. They've got to figure it out, okay? But I thought today was a little bit better. All right, thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to me for mispronouncing Jovic's name for the 6,000th time. Thanks to our sponsors, ODM Performance Solutions. Prize picks, use that code 5 FIVE and Lynette over at A Aggressive Insurance. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.